Football Podcast and our first post-draft analysis episode. I'm Gary Cartagena speaking with co-host Tyler Arnell. The NFL Draft was two days ago, and after having time to digest what exactly happened during the NFL Draft, here we are with our biggest winners from the 2020 NFL Draft. fantasy back today i'm here with tyler we got special guest grant meisner one of our boys and he actually used to be a staff writer at kane's insight so before we get into the biggest winners and losers from the draft grant i just want you to tell me about what you did at kane's insight and why we should trust your football instinct yes sir you know i'm excited to be here uh, i love the passion that both of you guys have had you know building up first take fantasy over the queue um you know uh, i'm just excited to add to that um while i was at kane's insight Wrote a little bit on the recruiting end of things. Also wrote a little bit in season analysis. Um, you know, so the draft is something that, you know, I look forward to every year and I'm excited to talk about it with uh, you and Tyler. Yeah, especially with this whole quarantine thing going on. Like this, this draft always felt like a light at the end of the tunnel and like it finally happened. And as a Patriots fan, I'm, I'm satisfied. But as a football fan as a whole, this was an incredible weekend because so many things happened. A lot of things that I wanted to happen did happen. And we'll get into that a little bit. And yeah, just all in all, a great weekend. I thought the NFL killed it. And fantasy-wise, we had a lot of stuff to talk about. So really quick, I want to start things off. Give me your biggest, absolute biggest winner from this weekend. I mean, no doubt. You have to go Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, uh, you know, when we look into things at Kansas City, I mean, that's just an electric offense. You have Pat Mahomes, um, MVP two years ago. But, I mean, more importantly, we look at the running back production from that position. Um, we look at Kareem Hunt a couple years ago when he came in as a rookie. And, uh, you know, um, just looking at it from, like, a staff perspective, I mean, we always look at Andy Reid. And Andy Reid, throughout his years, has always been able to utilize the running back position. And, you know, investing a lot of capital. I mean, I told you this earlier off the air um, when we were talking about Sony Michelle. Uh, this pick reminds me a lot of it. Uh, you know, there are a couple needs that Kansas City really could have gone after, but nothing overarching. I mean, they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, there was still a damn good team in Kansas City. Yeah, no, there was nothing that they had to do. They had a pretty stacked roster, no one that really left. Um, and Hilaire just seemed like their guy, um, fast guy, you know, like pretty undersized in my opinion, but um, they have the offensive line to make up for it. And, I mean, I'm excited to see what he does. Yeah, Tyler, you love this pick too. I want to hear what you want to say about Clyde. Yeah, I definitely agree with what you had to say about it. I think it's a perfect fit for this offense. Um you know, I think Andy Reid had some high praise for him or, uh, after he drafted him, set, comparing him to Brian Westbrook. So I definitely like the pick. My personal biggest winner for this draft, though, is Drew Locke out of uh, Denver. Definitely. So I think I think that with the weapons that he's surrounding him with, uh, you start out with Cortland Sutton on the outside. They drafted Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler to uh, this this draft. It seems like John Out always got his guy this this year. So definitely love some Drew Locke this season. And with no offense there as well, there's a lot of potential here for this offense. Yeah, they really got some weapons. They brought in Melvin Gordon. Offensive line got better. Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. I mean, year two and year three for Fanton Sutton. Things are really looking up in Denver. And I think they decided, although the defense is like solid in the front seven, they just decided. They said, if we're going to play with Kansas City, we got to score with Kansas City. So – that's exactly what they got speed. They got route running and everything that you need. So 
One thing I really I really like Drew Locke this year. I think he definitely has QB1 upside with everything that happened and someone I'm really excited to draft. I think sky's the limit for him this year. It's going to be pretty solid. And Grant, touching on what you said with uh, Clyde Edwards Valaire, I definitely agree with you. I think the learning curve might be a little steep because this Kansas City offense is complex and they do ask a lot of the running back. But once he gets into it, I think he's going to be a locked-in RB1 if he does get that starter role like we think he will because he was picked in the first round. So, yeah, those two I really, really like. For me, the biggest winner, I have a couple. I think there's a lot of big winners this year. But my biggest winner is probably Miles Sanders. Tyler and I spoke about it on the NFC East podcast. But we were really convinced that they were going to take a running back. Running back by committee was going to stick. And although there are some free agent running backs out there, like Devonta Freeman, you could maybe even trade for a James Conner or a Marlon Mack or maybe even a Mark Ingram, but Miles Sanders is going to be the guy there. He's going to get the touches, so I think he's looking a lot more like RB1 than he is RB2 this year. So someone I really like, Miles Sanders. Yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely see reason why. Um, Sanders, and I mean, you guys have said this before on the podcast, and, you know, one thing that I just completely agree with and one thing that I love is, you know, we vouch for good football players. Um, you guys vouch for good football players. I agree with that. Um, Miles Sanders, I mean, you look at what he did last year, and, kind of what we were talking about with uh, Edward Tillery, you know, like there is a learning curve going to the NFL, especially when you're a smaller guy, you know, you're playing with bigger guys, you're playing with a bigger offensive line, uh, the game's faster. But I mean, Miles Sanders showed uh, towards the back half of the year, once he took out Jordan Howard for the starting job, what he could do. And, um, you, you know, maybe we'll see a parallel with there in KC, but um, yeah, I, I definitely see why Miles Sanders could be an RB1 this year. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree with Miles Sanders. It's a kind of a situation similar to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, except there's not as much of a threat to his touches in, in Philadelphia. I don't, right now, it's, realistically speaking, I don't see a threat. Like, Yeah, I mean, you got um, Boston Scott on the, the roster. They signed my boy so, Adrian Killens out of UCF, but, like, outside of that, like, yeah. is he – nothing stopping him from getting 20 touches? And behind that O-line and with all the speed they added to that offense, the box is going to be empty. I mean – Miles Sanders, he, he might have literally just catapulted himself into the top eight with this draft for me because he's so talented. So, yeah, Miles Sanders, someone I really like. Um, another player I want to touch on really quick, a running back I thought really won this draft is Austin Eckler. So I thought they were on the board. They could have taken a running back at 23. I thought that's what they were going to trade up and do. They traded away, traded 37 and 71 of the Pats, two great spots for running backs. So at the end of the day, they picked Kenneth Murray at 23. And then once they got to whatever their pick was in the fourth round, they took Joshua Kelly. Uh, no disrespect to him, but he's not taking touches away from Austin Eckler. I think he takes touches away from Justin Jackson. We might see the end of the Justin Jackson hype. But Austin Eckler, no one threatening touches. This team has a direction. They have Tyrod Taylor. And he's definitely going to be relied on to be one of the better playmakers in one of the better offenses in the league. Um, I mean, one thing uh, just to ask, I mean, do you think that, you know, I mean, we're talking about Joshua Kelly here and, uh, you know, Justin Jackson was still going to have a role in that team. That's still going to be a pretty large chunk. Um, Austin Eckler, even when Melvin Gordon was out, um, he, holding out earlier in the year, he didn't take a commanding charge in that backfield. I mean, yeah. Yes. He, like a 60-40, 65-35 split is what it was. So, I mean – it, I mean, Justin Jackson still had some fantasy value. Do you think that goes away completely? Um, I think with Joshua Kelly, considering they really could have addressed other needs on this team, I think Justin Jackson's value does go down. But I think this really doesn't touch Austin Eckler. It's something that I really like because he still has that 
half PPR, full PPR upside. In standard leagues, I'll stay away just because there's not that much you're getting. But he really has 100 reception upside in half and full PPR leagues. And he's one of the most efficient players in the NFL. I mean, we've seen it last three years through PFF. He's been top five in, like, efficiency and yards per touch. So, player that I like a lot, Austin Eckler this year. Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think regardless of who they were going to add, he's going to get about that 60% of the touches um, in the offense. And when you got a quarterback like Terod Taylor, who, I mean, they just drafted Justin Herbert, but we're going to assume that Terod Taylor is going to start, likes to target the the running back position in the offense. I think going from Phillip Rivers to – to Rod Taylor doesn't really change much in the targets that he's going to get because like I said that he does target the running backs a lot so Jeff with Justin Jackson I think that even if he was getting the 40 percent of the touches in that offense I don't think it was significant enough for him to have some fantasy value so with this addition at running back I don't think that it really does much with his fantasy value at all because I wasn't really targeting him in the first place. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I mean, we always talk about, you know, in the backfields. I mean, it's important to see where the rushes are going. But now in today's NFL, and especially with the way that the fantasies play, most people playing PPR now, half PPR at least. Um, yes, I mean, you know, okay, where the catches are going and where the receptions are going. And, um, you know, that was going to be Austin Eckler in that offense. Um, and then one thing, uh, Yadiel, I wanted to touch on is we talk about efficiency. And, you know, my guy Duke Johnson, like, in Cleveland, he was one of the most efficient players. I think this is a little bit different type of efficiency, though. Austin Eckler, the past two seasons, he's had over 100 attempts rushing the ball. And um, I'm not sure exactly how many receptions he's gotten, but, you know, that number's up there as well. Um, he commanded a lot of the targets out of the backfield, even with Melvin Gordon yeah. uh, there. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for Austin Eckler. Yeah, Austin Eckler is someone I really like this year. Someone to look for in early round two of your drafts. I think he has a lot more upside than people think. I could realistically see a way where in PPR leagues, he finishes in the top five. And I don't think I'm crazy for saying that because everything's really pointing in the right direction for him. And to answer your question, Grant, last season, he had 132 carries for 557 yards and 4.2 yards a carry. And he had 92 receptions for 993 yards. And wow. eight, eight receiving touchdowns. So, I mean, the talent, although he was undrafted, it's really undeniable with him. He's, he's, he's a stud, and he got that extension, rightfully so. I really like him this year. Um, so give me someone else you guys like. Tyler. Um. <laughs> Thanks uh. for the ambiance music. I love that. I love that. Nice little cutscene, you know. Dude, what is going on here? Tyler, you got to have a list that you can read off of. There's only so many players uh, that won or lost. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking down. I, I was focusing more so on the losers, but another guy that I like is – I like Matt Breida in, in Dude, Miami. I think it was a good situation for him to have the, the receiving role in that backfield. You got Jordan Howard, and now you got to switch up uh, – a change of pace back with Matt Breida. And I don't think that the, the Dolphins are going to be that bad this year. I think that well, they kind of – Definitely not. They aced this draft. Yeah. They needed they, – they, they had they, a lot they of pressure, very, and they killed this draft. They did. Yeah. I think it's weird to say that the Dolphins won at this point. This is coming from three South Floridians. But 
yeah, they kind of killed it this draft. And I definitely think that there's some excitement for the Dolphins this year. Oh, absolutely. You know, you got two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like they Brady added some offensive linemen. Brady's a good they, fit. Uh, He's got – oh, sorry. I cut you off. But uh, it's yeah. Brady's yeah, <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Um, yeah, Brady's a good fit. He does have a lot of speed. And I'm interested to see how that's going to fit next to Tua because he hasn't necessarily targeted the running backs all that much. But that Alabama system is definitely going to be different. So Brady's just a very talented player, and I don't think he was given enough work or given the work that he deserved in that Niners offense. So I'm glad to see him get out of that mucked up situation, kind of RB situation I'm still not touching. And yes, he's going to share work with Jordan Howard, but in PPR leagues, he definitely goes from being someone that should go undrafted to being a pretty solid pick in like the 10th, 9th, 10th round and has pretty good upside. So yeah, I agree with you there. I like Breda this year. I mean, to touch on that offensive line, they got some beefy boys, you know. Austin Jackson, yeah. um, mm-hmm. you have to be excited about him at uh, pick 18. And then you also got Solomon Kinley somewhere um, in the back. Day, day three, um, whatever today was, I think it was somewhere in the fourth or fifth round. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but, you know, he's a mauler. He's a mauler in uh, pass protection. He's a mauler in run protection. He doesn't really get up the field as much as he'd like to. Yeah. Um, but he's a guy that will definitely see some time. And then, I mean, Robert Hunt, I don't know too much about him, but second round He's a strong pick. player. He's, um, I saw a tape of him bullying uh, Alabama defensive linemen when they played them. So, yeah, they, they, they came into this draft with a vision. They wanted to get their quarterback and then beef up up front. And that's exactly what they did, along with signing Ted Karras and Eric Flowers. I mean, this, run, this offensive line could be very powerful. Maybe not next year because you still have a lot of young players there, but – for the next few years, the Miami Dolphins, I think they're going to turn into an elite running back destination. Maybe add, like, Travis Etienne next year, but we'll get to that when it happens. So, yeah. Matt Breda, solid. Dolphins kind of killed the draft this year. Someone I really want to touch on, not being talked about enough because the team just had an awful, awful, awful draft. You can already kind of guess who I'm talking about, the Green Bay Packers. But they came into this draft with a very distinct need at wide receiver, and they did not address it. They got – A.J. Dillon and Jordan Love, two players who really shouldn't have an impact next year. But I think the one big winner is going to be Devontae Adams because we could see him get that 10-plus target per game role. I don't think it's crazy to think he's going to finish with 160-plus targets, and that's kind of what I'm expecting at this point. So right now with everything that's happening in that offense, honestly, I might pick Devontae Adams as my wide receiver one this year. I mean, you know, he's also a guy that at the line just creates a lot of separation for himself, very similar to Amari Cooper. So, you know, you get a lot of open catches when you're Devontae Adams. You get a lot of open catches when you're Amari Cooper. And, I mean, even Jerry Judy, um, if we touch on him later, you know, all those guys are guys that separate at the line. Um, in today's NFL, it's very yeah. important to be able to beat the press. And Devontae Adams does that very well. So, um, with that target share, I really do believe that, you know, um, he's going to catch a high percentage of those targets. Would you, really quick, would you take with everything that has happened with the draft, the Saints, and signing Emmanuel Sanders, right now, would either of you take Devontae Adams over Michael Thomas, straight up? Um, maybe not right now. Um, I still have too much faith in Drew Brees, and Michael Thomas himself is just an incredible player. Absolutely. Um, he's great, yeah. Yeah. I mean, most receptions in the first three seasons of – anyone's career um he got paid um I really don't think that's going to affect him though I feel like he's just going to be a baller way in and way out you know so, so Michael Thomas right right now, Michael Tyler, Thomas. what about you yeah it's an interesting conversation because you know 
you don't really have you didn't really add anything to the wide receiver corpse in Green Bay besides Devin Funches. So unless he yeah, comes so onto the nothing. scene and yeah, so nothing. unless he comes oh. onto the scene and just like takes away his targets, which isn't going to happen, Devontae Adams is pretty set at at getting around 150, 160 touches a season. Touches at the same time. Did uh, you just say touches? Targets. Tar- targets. Anyways. <laughs> that running back with that being said, yeah, <laughs> which is another discussion with A.J. Dillon there. But anyways. Yeah, that's, an- that's another video. Yeah. It's, with that being said, Drew Brees is still fixated on throwing it to Michael Thomas throughout the season. But, you know, with a, if Devontae Adams comes back healthy and it looked like he was healthy – uh, during the back end of that season, I think that he does have the potential to be the wide receiver one in this offense, even though it is a very run-heavy offense, especially adding in A.J. Dillon, who I think could be very good for this offense, but definitely takes away from Aaron Jones in this backfield. Yeah, so this I'm backfield gonna, is something I'm staying away from. Yeah. So not, not I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go with you, Gadiel, and take Devontae Adams as my wide receiver one. Both are very, very, very talented wide receivers, and we wouldn't be talking about them as a wide receiver one if they weren't. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Devontae Adams as of right now. Definitely could change. Definitely could flip-flop. It's only – it's April go, coming on to May. But, yeah, I'm rolling with Devontae Adams. Yeah, for right now, Devontae Adams, I'm going to take him as a wide receiver one. And two players really quickly that I want to touch on. Uh, first, Carson Wentz. So, obviously, we talked about Sanders. This offense definitely is going to improve by adding Jalen Rager and Marquise Goodwin. But I think the biggest winner from the quarterback position, although Drew Locke does look a lot better, we still need to see how he grows as a player. I think the biggest winner from the quarterback position is Carson Wentz because now they have the speed at the X and Z position that can really take the top off the offense. So, now he has two players that can he, he can bomb the ball too deep at any given play. He has Miles Sanders, who's one of the better receiving backs in the NFL, and he has two elite receiving tight ends in Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. So I think with all that together, I think we could see an MVP-type season from Carson Wentz. I'm not necessarily his biggest fan. Last year, he kind of pissed me off. But I am back on the Carson Wentz wagon, someone I would like to draft in the middle rounds of my draft, maybe like 10, 11, depending on where he's going. I like Wentz a lot this year. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that, you know, coming off of, um, you know, last season – uh, he, he was healthy at the start of that season, but I think one thing to consider is his entire offseason last year was rehabilitating from that injury uh, coming out of a – dude, I'm getting my years messed up, but was it the 2017 season? He got hurt two years in a row. So he had an ACL, and then he came yeah. back, and he had a back, like a vertebrae fracture. He had the vertebrae injury. Yeah, he was, he was in and out. I think he didn't finish the season that year. Yeah, yeah. He didn't, he didn't finish the season that year. He ended up having to get surgery. And, um, you know, a lot of that um, – Surgery, you know, takes a big toll, a large percentage into the offseason. I mean, this year, he has no excuses. He's fully healthy. This team's trying to help build around him. I mean, besides Jalen Hurts, which, I mean, I won't really touch on that much. Um, He's not very fantasy relevant um, to anyone involved right now. (laughs) Um, I I, I, I mean, I love my guy Jalen. I think he just got put in a really bad fit. Um, Sorry, Jalen. Sucks for you. Um, But – yeah, in terms of Carson – shut up, Tyler. And in terms of Carson Wentz, um, I, I mean, just Carson Wentz in general, you know. I mean, we see we, we see his ceiling, and we've seen what he's been able to do as a fantasy quarterback. And not, he doesn't necessarily have the rushing upside of some of these guys. But um, at the same time, you, you know, he really 
uh, can just pace out the ball, like we said, to the guys on the outside. And I think one thing to consider, too, is, you know, we got a guy like Alshon Jeffrey um, that we don't know what he's going to be on the team. Even if he doesn't have a big role, just having another wide receiver and another weapon for Carson Wentz can be huge. Yeah, they went from a team that had no weapons to a team now with a lot of weapons and a ton of speed. So, yeah, I definitely like what the Eagles did outside of drafting Jalen Hurts, although I understand because, like we said, Wentz hasn't finished a full season really. But, yeah, this team, they just got a lot better. And, Tyler, sorry, I'm going to cut you off on Carson Wentz because we need to speed things up. Uh, last player, I don't need either of you guys to comment on this because it is a complete homer pick for my New England Patriots. So we went into this draft needing a wide receiver, according to the media, and we did not get one. So Nikhil Harry is someone that with the later round picks of your draft, like 13, 14th round maybe on, you could potentially be getting someone that's going to see upwards of 100 targets. So someone that could maybe become a flex throughout the season. They didn't address the wide receiver position. They only got tight ends. And I think that says a lot about what, how they think Nikhil Harry can progress next season. I mean, yeah, this is a guy that, you know, we saw at the beginning of the year last year who was hurt. And, you know, that back half of the year really progressed as a player. And we saw him develop. Um, we saw him develop with Tom Brady. Now he's got to do it with Jared Stidham. Um, but, you know, I mean, hey, the baby. whole thing for yes, uh, yeah, I mean, the whole thing for uh, <laughs> New England right now is, you know, the young got to play and the young got to um, develop. And they're going to develop them together, I think, uh, Jared Stidham and Nikhil Harry. So it's not a bad idea to draft a guy like that in the back ends of the draft. It's going to be pretty undervalued. Yeah, I definitely agree. One thing I, I got to respect Bill uh, for is that, you know, with all the talk about Tom Brady leaving in the offseason and trading away Gronkowski, kind of an should be in rebuilding mode. Bill just went straight in, took every guy that he wanted. I think he drafted like three or four or three straight defensive players. Three defensive players went. and then double dipped that tight end. So they, yeah. they came in with a direction. I, I wasn't sure what direction they were going to go. I wrote a column for Rising Football News, and I was talking about that they should go probably like linebacker in the first round and then receiver in the second round, tight end in the third round, and – they didn't follow that. They, they they didn't care. They they went safety, linebacker, linebacker, and then tight ends. Two really no-name tight ends, although I love the Devin Asiasi pick. But, yeah, they, they came into the direction, and I think we're going to see this team kind of morph back to the way they were in the early 2000s, where it's going to be a very physical, versatile, and athletic defense, and you're going to see an offense that's going to be kind of grind you down five and six yards at a time and hope that they can win games 10 to 7 because that's what it's going to look like if they're going to win games next year. But Akil Harry, someone that coming out of this draft, I have a lot more confidence in drafting him fantasy-wise. That wraps things up for our biggest winners from the 2020 NFL Draft. We'll be releasing our biggest losers and also our favorite rookies in redraft in the next few days. If you like what you hear from us and want more stats and fantasy advice or just want to connect with us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at FTFantasyFB and on Instagram at First Take Fantasy. We will now begin releasing a great deal of our content on YouTube, so if you don't already, subscribe to our YouTube channel, FT Fantasy Football. The amount of support we've been receiving through our podcast and Instagram has been incredible, and we thank you all for listening. Hopefully we can help you get that elusive fantasy championship this year.